Blog Talk Radio. Phoenix, I just opened the bottle. You ready to get the show started? Okay, be right there. You ready? Okay. Where are the, the witches, witches next door? Leanne <laughs> <laughs> is over here making faces. <laughs> and you can hear, like he's sticking his tongue in out. You can hear it on the mic. So if you re-listen to the intro and you hear some weird noise in the background, that's clean. <laughs> <laughs> You know we are live. I know. Okay. She's like, I don't like live shows. I've got a case of the giggles now. Oh, Never gonna get over it. You will. Oh, Colin Whitey. Well, hey, uh, Phoenix, uh, Tiberius, Brian, uh, Lafay, how are you doing? That's a weird middle name set you gave me there. I know. From people that don't know, Phoenix uh, Lafay has about fifteen <laughs> different names I verging do. on epithets, and I have uh, a very long name because I am of the belief that you know we witches and pagans like to change our names a lot, which can be a beautiful thing when you when you find yourself having a new title or name that you want to share with the world. But for our friends and families, it can be difficult to remember the new name. So instead of changing my name every time I feel so-called, I just add it <laughs> to my <clears throat> list of names. I have a very long list of names. And one of which is Brian and the other one, which no. is Kevin. No, neither of those are on my list. They are, everybody. Yeah. Anyways, so what are we doing here? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, um, uh, I realize it's the 13th of the month. Um, there are uh, two things I would say about that. One... Um, Happy New Year for our listeners. The last time you heard us, we, it was right at uh, New Year's Eve, I think, was the show. Sorry, oh, kicking job. the microphone. Now, the other thing, uh, just um, uh, a, a note to, to memorialize a, a wonderful man. Uh, this is the day six years ago that my father died. Mm. Um, and, you know, while I would prefer that he was still here, um, he was an amazing man. He was a legend. His, he his his life was bigger than one man's life could be. So what is remembered lips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not saddened by it. I'm reflective, right? You know, not saddened. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So do you want to know what we're talking about tonight? Oh, right. So this is our uh, our game of tell Phoenix what we're going to talk about. Da, da, da. And to be clear, dear listener. Uh, <laughs> It's not because I just make things up on the spot. It's because I often that say is, to Phoenix, that is what it is, actually. I say, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the next show? And Phoenix goes, I don't know. No, I say that's your responsibility to figure out. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> about 15 minutes before we yeah, go on air. And sometime. doesn't tell me until we are recording. Well, you know, if you want to change the way the world works, be the change. I got enough on my plate. I'll, I'm fine to just wing it. I'm hey, a good winger. You are a good winger. Kip winger. Um, yeah, so tonight's show mm. is is all about daily practice. Oh, I think I saw something about that on Facebook. Yeah, it's because I told you <laughs> what it was about. However, there was a little caveat in there. Mm. Uh, it said, uh, this is the show, the one where we talk about daily practice or the lack thereof. Yeah. Because... You know, the reality of it is in our magical lifetimes, times that we've been practicing magic, both, you know, as a couple and, and separately, mm-hmm. even when we were in coupled, we have our own magical practices. Um, there are times when we have had a an active 
rigorous, uh, beneficial, lovely daily practice and times where it's like daily what? What mm-hmm. the fuck? You know? Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to make sure that we we gave some context around uh, different daily practices that we've done, reasons why daily practice can be really beneficial to a magical practice, and also, you know, sometimes it's fucking hard work and it's not worth doing. <laughs> Well, I don't know that it's not worth doing, but sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's where I thought we'd start off. So let's start off on the, uh, first of all, from your perspective, Mm. and and maybe I'll give mine, from your perspective, what is a daily practice? So if somebody is is brand new to witchcraft, uh, they're they're brand new to listening to this show and they think daily practice, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So start off there. What, for you, what is a, a daily practice? A daily practice is a... Don't you say a practice, you do daily. <laughs> it is a commitment that you do on the daily that... Uh, well, let's see. How do I want to phrase this? It's just acknowledging some aspect of your spiritual life. and Either acknowledging that there is something greater than yourself or taking a moment to slow down and connect with yourself or... Um, it's a pause. It's just, it's a pause that gives you, it can give you perspective beyond your own regular everyday perspective when you get caught up in the hustle and bustle. You know, when I was new to all of this in my, in my teens, I really felt like daily practice was the end all be all of having, uh, of being a witch, right. Or being a pagan. And that's because, that's what it is to be religious in, in any religion. You know, as someone who is actually devoutly Christian or whatever, you know, lists the hundreds of religions you could be, they are doing something every day that connects them into the energetic of that religion. And there are plenty of witches who are not religious in their witchcraft, but I am, you know, so. Yeah. So it's, it's a pause, it's a slowing down, it's a reconnecting, and it is an engaging with the spiritual. Yeah. So I think for me, uh, if I were to define daily practice, because I, um, I am less of a religious witch mm-hmm. than you are. I'm, not that I'm not, but I'm, I'm just less so than you are, I think. Um, and so a, a daily practice for me is uh, doing a thing, uh, an act, and that could be reciting a poem. It could be, you know, a million different things. We'll go into that in a little bit, but it's the, the daily reminder to myself that I am uh, a witch, that I am connected to something, Mm -hmm. whether that's the, the place that I live or, or a particular tradition that I might be part of, or a set of practices or liturgy um, that that particular tradition or I as a witch have determined is, is something I want to engage in. Yeah. It's that daily repetition. It's um, it's sort of like looking in the mirror every day and going, Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I look like. Right. That's kind of for me, what a daily practice is. It's doing this thing um, uh, on a, on the regular and, and reminding myself of who I am Mm -hmm. Uh, and what I believe in or what I stand on or, you know, whatever it is. So, right. um, you know, one of the things I like to say, uh, and I'm not the first person to say this, but the difference between, I think, witchcraft generally 
and uh, many of the other uh, religious systems out there is that for the most part, we are um, more concerned with orthopraxy than orthodoxy, right? So right. orthodoxy is what you believe. Orthopraxy is what you do. Right. And I think um, the doing of witchcraft every day is, is, is um, beneficial. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I think of as a, a what a daily practice is. Yeah. And I sense? think, I think the only thing I would add to this part of the chat is it's also, um, you know, magic and spiritual practice is like a muscle. So the more you're doing stuff, the easier it is to do stuff. You know, the more practiced you are at certain spells or rituals or whatever, the better they are. So it's also keeping those muscles in shape. Yeah. Um, there's a, a famous, famous violinist who says, uh, somebody asked if he still practiced every day. And he said, yeah. Right. He said, um, I practice every day because if I skip a day, I can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. If I skip two days, um, the other people in the symphony can tell the difference. And if I skip for a week, the audience can, right. can tell the difference. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's, you know, that, that talks about practice. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we've sort of said what a practice is and, and maybe generally why you might do it, but let's kind of dive into the, the specifics of that a little bit. So, um, why do you do a daily practice or why have you done daily practices in the past? And we've said, you know, sort of generally it's to connect to mm -hmm. something, um, to keep your, your magical muscles toned. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, why, why do you do it? I mean, aren't there ways you could do that? Couldn't you do a spell once a week? Couldn't you read a book once a month? I mean, why, what's the value of doing a daily practice? What's the value? I mean, I feel like I already answered that question. I mean, the, hmm, well, you started with one question and then you kind of morphed it into another question. So I'm going to start answering what I first heard. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> I'm not a professional interviewer. This isn't even an interview. It's conversation. So you know, take it wherever you want. Um, I've had many different daily practices and they have been based on what's going on in my life. Right. So uh, it may be, I wanted to learn to read the runes. And so I pulled a rune every day and studied something about that one specific rune and read and whatever, or I have a, like an Oracle deck that I love. And for many, many years, I would pull one card from that Oracle deck every day. It could look like meditation. It could look like chanting. It could look like singing. It could look like engaging with deity or spirits or whatever. I mean, it could, it could look like enchanting your cup of coffee in the morning before you drink it. It could look like a million things. And I think that it's important to make a spiritual daily practice that is, that A, fits in your life and B, serves a purpose. You know, if it's, if you don't give a fig about the runes, then that would be a stupid daily practice for you to, to take on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, this actually brings up an interesting point. So uh, 
you said, what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. And I think there's an interesting line here between devotion mm-hmm. and daily practice. So uh, John Beckett, mm-hmm. um, several other people that I know that we know that we've chatted with about this. Uh, it, John says something about uh, devotional is that you don't do a devotional for yourself. Mm-hmm. You do a devotion to whom or whatever it is you are in devotion to yeah. with the expectation that you'll get nothing from it. Right. Right. So if you're, if you have a devotional altar to Athena mm-hmm. and you say that every day you'll pour a little bit of olive oil, for instance, on into that, yeah. into a bowl, onto that altar, then it's a gift that you give to Athena that might be a daily practice, but it, it's more on the devotional side. So the purpose of it is for you to um, uh, you know, give offerings or whatever it is to, to that deity, in this case, let's say Athena. You don't necessarily get anything from that. It's not like you go, hey, I've given you, uh, you know, 10 doses of uh, olive oil, so I'd like a million dollars, please. Right? Right. So I think there's a difference between devotional like you can do a daily devotional mm-hmm. and a daily practice. When I think of practice, I think about the skill, like something that I'm doing so that I do benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would, uh, I disagree. Oh, excellent. With that. Go on. Um, I, I agree with what you, with the idea of a devotional and a practice, but I do think a devotional is a practice and it is, uh, it is showing your commitment to that entity so whether that's an ancestor altar or an altar to a god like athena you know run with that since you started that uh it is a it is um it is showing your commitment to that relationship and so that does benefit you because you're showing up for that relationship just like if you have a dog you have to wake up and let that dog out or take it for a walk or feed it its breakfast or whatever you do that. You don't get anything in return for that. I mean, you keep your pet alive, which is a good thing. Uh, but it's not like the dog is, you know, bringing you your slippers. <laughs> you know, the dog's not hunting and bringing rabbits. Speaking of those dogs, of dogs. Um, it's not catching rabbits. At least our chihuahua isn't. The dog you just heard is a chihuahua. But uh, you do it because it's your relationship. That's part of your commitment. And that is a daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I still yeah. find, I find there's a line there. Still, sure. For me. But, you know, I also think folks like John Beckett, whose practice is pretty i would you know i'm going to go out all in here pretty much fully devotional oh yeah right like there's this is a druid pagan works with the gods devotionally as their primary practice that is their daily practice yeah you know i don't i'm not i i give like i'm looking at my dionysus altar right now virtually every day i light incense I, i light it i say a little thanks and gratitude and then i move about you know i'm not sitting there in communion and conversation sometimes I do but most of the time I don't most of the time I just light the incense and go about my business yeah you know so that is a daily practice it is a devotional practice but it is not um I don't know I I kind of guess go based off of what you were saying about the practice of it it's not necessarily 
honing my lighter using and incense lighting <laughs> skills, you right. know, but it does feel like part of my daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so speaking of which. Mm-hmm. Um, lighter honing skills. Is that what we're going to talk about now? No. Oh. No. Uh, but yes. Um, so daily practice. You want to start one. Mm-hmm. Somebody's listening to this show and thinking, well, after listening to them blabber on about Athena and lighters, I too want to start a devotional practice. Uh-huh. Um, what's a great way to start? A devotional practice? No, no, no. Oh. I'm sorry, daily practice. Well, I think, you know, so here's one of my like pet peeves about uh, witchcraft and paganism in general, and really any non normie religion, <laughs> any fringe religion is this focus on meditation and you you know you must have a meditation practice and if you're not having a meditative practice then you're blah blah failing blah blah stupid you know careful where you drive it you know i spent years meditating no i'm not i (laughs) meditation is amazing but i don't think that's the thing you need to be doing especially if it doesn't work for you and there are ways that uh, we try to pigeonhole ourselves to fit like okay we're we're supposed to meditate whatever the hell that means so i'm going to force myself to sit for a half an hour every day and then beat myself up because it never works and there are lots of ways to meditate it doesn't just have to be a sitting in silence and trying to make your little hamster brain stop hamstering, you know, cause I can't do that. I've tried for 30 years. I can't, I don't do well with that kind of meditation, but guided meditation or chanting meditations, even walking meditation is great for me. I need to be distracted so my hamster wheel is distracted, right? So, so the question was, how do you start a daily yeah. practice? <laughs> right, right. I, well, I was going to say, start by meditating. And then I got all on my soapbox about meditation. Um, you have to just start. Pick something that's interesting and start doing it every day. I mean, I'm shrugging my shoulders, but you can't see that because you're not looking at me. I mean, Guion is, but no one else is. You just kind of got to do it. Is that helpful? Kind of. So again, if I came to you and said, oh, great and wise Phoenix, I want to start a daily practice tomorrow. Mm. What would you tell me to do? Well, what are you interested in? So that's the first question you would ask. Yeah, it's from a from a spiritual perspective. What are what are you curious about? What do you want to learn more about? Where what are your interests? That's the place to start. And, you know, there's this interesting thing to a daily practice and boredom. Because if you have been doing something every day for many moons, it's going to get boring at some point. Uh, And so you may want to change it up or do something different. And that's great. And but it's also interesting to go beyond the boredom and keep doing the thing that's boring because there's often something on the other side of boredom. There's like a breakthrough after boredom. Um, So it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to figure out whether you are uh, when you're first starting out, like, okay, I've done this for two weeks now and I'm not sure that I like it. Well, keep going. Try it a little bit longer. You know, there's a frustrating thing about humans. It takes two weeks to establish a habit, two weeks. So like going to the gym or whatever, two weeks of doing that behavior. It only takes two days to break that behavior. So you really have to give 
daily practice time to connect and um, become routine. And if you miss it, two days, you start over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, when I, when I think about daily practice, if somebody came to me or if I was going to start another daily practice, you know, I think for me, it, it is that permission to give myself an allotted amount of time per day to do something. Now, uh, I'll give you an example. For many years, I drummed every day right. for probably, I don't know, five years, six years. At some point during the day, I would drum. Mm-hmm. I also think that's one thing to say about daily practice. A lot of times people think it has to be done first thing in the morning. And I know a lot of people think I've got to get up. I've got to get the kids ready. I've got to make breakfast, you know, whatever it is that people do in their lives first thing in the morning, right. To get ready to, to go about their day yep. and trying to add in five minutes or 25 minutes or whatever it is to do this thing can be problematic. One thing about daily practice is that it happens daily. Daily doesn't mean 6 a.m. in the morning. You could do a daily practice at 9 o'clock at night. It, the idea is that you do a practice every day, and you do, um, if not exactly the same thing, a very similar thing every day. So for me, I would drum. Um, I couldn't do that at 6 o'clock in the morning, and it wasn't always practical to do it at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I could sometimes, um, but I would take 15, 20 minutes. Uh, that was usually about it, about 15 minutes, and I would drum. I was doing that because I wanted to build up my ability to drum. I wanted to practice different rhythms. I was playing with different um, different kinds of drums. So I was really learning that skill and that craft mm-hmm. because um, at the time I was very much a ritual drummer. I mean, I, I still am, still do it, but it was something that I was doing on a very regular basis and right. was, was called upon in community to drum. So I needed to practice. I needed to have my, my chops down. I needed to keep it interesting for myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I started by setting aside 15 minutes. Now there were days where I would drum for an hour, Yeah. Um, but um, I, I drummed at least 15 minutes. And sometimes that meant I would sit outside with the drum and bang on the drum for a little bit and not feel like I was getting very far. So I might grab my phone and pull up a rhythm that Mm -hmm. I'd never tried before and listen to that drum for five minutes and then try and drum it for five minutes. So it wasn't always active drumming, but it was activities around what drumming was or is, right? So from a magical perspective, I think the very first thing about a daily practice that is – most important to know is that it is about giving yourself permission to practice your magic, whatever that looks like for you every day. Mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest thing about a daily practice is, well, I've got to take care of somebody else's needs. Well, I've got to go to work. Well, I've got to feed the dog. Well, I've got to do all these other things. I really can't start a daily practice. And the the fact of the matter is uh, the Dalai Lama said in a speech at one point that um, somebody said, where do you find the time to meditate? And he said, all you have is time. Yeah. It's just what you choose to fill your time with. Right. So giving like just such a Western question. Right. It it really was. (laughs) Yeah. But just the, the acknowledgement that you can set aside 15 minutes or five minutes or an hour, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you can set aside this block of time every day to do something entirely for yourself. Right. And a daily practice doesn't have to be 
uh, you know, I said earlier on, like an orthopraxy is what we do. Sometimes when we hear the word do, we think we have to drum, we have to right, cook. Right. Without we have to... the chimes and the sitting and the lotus position and the mantra. Well, yeah. but also like just uh, the, the actual doing, mm-hmm. like you have to do something, you have to drum, you have to light a candle, mm-hmm. you, whatever it is, you don't. D- literally a daily practice could be sitting in the back garden, listening to your favorite Oasis song three times in a row because that song makes you feel really happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It can be walking. If you have a garden, it can be walking in your garden and noticing depending on what time of year it is, what's in bloom, what's about to bloom, what's growing, what's dormant, what leaves are falling down, you know, like walking your Mm -hmm. piece of land and seeing what's changed. Right. So it doesn't have to be like, it could be you could say your daily practice was at two thirty every afternoon, the house is empty. I'm gonna sleep for thirty minutes. I'm yeah. gonna take a snoozer. It could be that every day at, at at ten o'clock in the morning when the busyness of the house is done, I'm gonna take a shower and I'm gonna brush my hair a hundred times, or I'm gonna put on my makeup, or I'm gonna have a wank. I mean, whatever it is, you devote that well some of what you're saying to just agree and disagree at the same time is mm-hmm. is actually self-care mm-hmm. giving yourself a smidgen of time every day to just have you mm-hmm. you know that's a self with that self-care which is absolutely an important part of daily practice and is and uh, is an important part of staying healthy and is an important part of being a good witch and, and a good pagan but I feel like daily practice is a yes to everything you're saying, but I think it's also one step above doing the good for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if it's taking a shower and brushing your hair a hundred times, then it's doing that, recognizing you are going to do a spiritual cleanse. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're going to have a wank, you're doing it in devotion to Aphrodite, or if you're going to go for a walk you're also going to connect in with the spirits of the land and, no, and noticing what's growing and, um, you know, what's going on in your neighborhood or yeah. whatever. Right. So it's, it's um, self-care is important and vital and it is a daily practice, but it's also, in my opinion, a, a spiritual practice takes it one more step. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's connecting it to the magic that you do in the world. Right. Whatever that magic might be. So um, so we've talked a little bit about why you might want to start a magical practice, right? Because it can be a way to hone your magical skills, give yourself the luxury of a little bit of self-care, um, connect to something greater than yourself or to the mysteries of magic. I mentioned drumming. Um, you mentioned just now sort of if you take a bath, make it a, a spiritual cleanse. So I'm curious, over the years, what are some of the spiritual practices that you have done like in in detail not like well sometimes i did this and did that but like mm-hmm. you know every day for a year i did this and like going to detail what did it mean not just every day i pulled the rune but yeah you know, what did you do with that well, why did you a, do that? i mean this could be the rest of our chat is me talking about could be. 30 years of daily practice of cool i'll just say a couple things okay so something that I still do and I have done for I don't even know how long is my morning beverage 
is this part of my spiritual practice. And I may have even talked about this before. In fact, I think I have on the show. Um, you know, my, my, I drink tea now. I don't drink coffee anymore. I, I tried to, uh, winnow down the caffeine. So I'm on black tea with, of course, the intention I was going to winnow that down to green tea and that has not happened yet, but whatever. Um, but my cup of tea is made with intention. I bless it before I drink it. How do you bless it? Ah, I well, I put my hand over it or around it and just take a moment to acknowledge the water and the herb and the milk that have gone into that and to um, imbue it with positive energy, right? So it's a, it's a moment of grounding so that I'm not pushing my own energy into the cup, but I'm pushing earth energy, universal energy, energy beyond my, my body into the cup. And sometimes when I drink it every sip, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's a tasty blessing right there. And sometimes I don't. I'm just unconscious and drink it. But the process of creating that magical elixir is the same, right? Um, that's one thing. So you transform just a regular old cup of tea really into a magical potion. Right. It becomes a spell. Right. A and there are spell. certain tea cups in the house that I don't even really feel like I have to imbue when I use those cups because they're, they're like my chalices. They're already magically wooed. So they, I, when I use them, they're already charged with that. So part of the daily practice could be setting aside a particular vessel. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody was going to have a cup of tea every morning or a cup of coffee, yeah, having a, a particular cup that they've maybe brought into a magical a circle or they've done spell work around or it was gifted to them by an initiator or they bought it at a pagan festival from a pagan artist that made a one-of-a-kind right. cup right so you've got them some special vessel yeah you do some magic around that you consecrate it perhaps you say whenever i drink out of this cup it will connect me to fill in the blank yeah right then every day when you make your tea and you use that cup mm-hmm. It's already a magical act because you're using that cup. Right. You're activating the magic that you've already started right. just by pulling that cup off the shelf. Right. Then, as you said, you do the blessing. You think about the people that picked the tea leaves or whatever herbal tisane you might be drinking, right? I'm assuming but, it's a machine, but sure, it could be people. It could be, but there are some some teas that we've got here that are very definitely hand-picked. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, or they're hand-curated because they're blends right. of different teas, yeah. you know. Or, or herbs. Um, you think about the water, where it comes from. You know, we live in an area where we have local water. We know where our water comes from. It doesn't come from hundreds or thousands of miles away. It comes from, you know, right here in Sonoma County. Mm-hmm. So you can think about the local water, what water does for your body, how we're connected to water. If it's raining outside, how the water in your cup and the water falling out of the sky are same, part of the same cycle. Mm-hmm. That's all part of the meditation so to speak right that all happens in the three seconds it takes you to stir in the milk right and then the five minutes it takes you to drink the tea like you said if you're consciously drinking it yeah um that's pretty amazing practice thanks yeah great show uh so uh one thing that you mentioned and i i know there was some uh, there was a specific challenge that was issued to you to do this, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned that um, you wanted to learn more about the rune. Yeah. And so every day you had a practice where you would pull a rune 
read it out loud. Well, I, I created my own learning system. So in one <clears throat> of my initiations, I was challenged um, to learn more about the runes. And this is, you know, both because of my ancestry and because of uh, curiosity and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I had a set of runes and I had several different books about runes written by various authors, um, none of which I'm going to name because unfortunately those authors have since revealed themselves to be problematic. Unfortunately. She means white supremacists. Yeah. So, you know, that's a problem in the, a lot of the Norse stuff. You got to really vet who you're reading, but anyway, um, back in this moment in time, I did not know that, but I would pull a rune and then I would set it out on my altar. And then I would read all these different sources about it. And there are Galder and basically uh, chants and poses that you can make with your body and your voice to help activate that rune energy in your body. So I would pull the rune and then I would read whatever I could about it. Um, and some of it very academic, right? And then I would do these poses and these chants. And then I would leave the rune out. And then the next day I would pull another rune and there's 24. So by the time, you know, it took me almost a month to get through all of them. And then I would put them all back in the bag and start again so that I wasn't, because a lot of the books put them in order, right? You start with, oh, I'm drawing a blank now, but you start with one and you work all the way through the alphabet. Basically, mm -hmm. I didn't want to memorize them in order because then I thought, you know, it's like learning the alphabet. If I see G out of the middle of the alphabet, I, it, me, 42-year-old, have to go A, B, C, D, E, E, F, G. There we go. F comes before G. I have to do that. I didn't want to do that with the runes. So I, that's why I would pull them and then leave them out and then restart the process so that I could learn them as individuals and not as an alphabet. Um, and it took months. I did that for months. I might have even done it for a year. I don't remember I now. Yeah. Um, and I've lost some of that because I haven't kept that daily practice up. And it's like language. I've lost some of the rune stuff. Um, but it is, you know, it's still a vital part of my overall spiritual practice. But it's not currently a part of my daily practice. And yeah. I feel like I'm lesser for that, actually. Yeah. There was, similarly, um, uh, I wanted to memorize the charge of the goddess for a variety of reasons. And I had a version of it um, in my bathroom by my mirror. And so I would, you know, when I would brush my teeth, I would see the charge of the goddess and I would sort of recite it, whether out loud or, or you know, mentally, but I would, um, I would recite the charge of the goddess until it became part of me. And that was the key. It wasn't about memorizing a poem. I mean, it's not that long of a poem. And if you're someone that has, you know, generally decent recall, you can, you can memorize it probably pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but it, it actually wasn't about memorizing the poem for the sake of recitation. It was about getting it in my, my breath and my blood and my bones, right? Like, um, embracing it, becoming it, internalizing it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that particular poem, The Charge of the Goddess, and there's, you know, several versions of it, but the the version that I memorized is just so beautiful to mm -hmm. me. 
and it led me on this path of discovery. You know, in the Charge of the Goddess, there are, uh, I think, nine different goddesses. Again, depending on the version that you you have, there's a, a, a litany of goddesses that are named at the beginning. Yeah. And I knew roughly the stories of most of them. Yeah. Some very well. Some sort of, oh, yeah, I know where that goddess is from and others I'd never really heard of. Mm -hmm. So while I was memorizing it, it wasn't just about reciting the, the words it became, well, who is this goddess? So when I'm invoking the charge of the goddess, when I'm saying it, I know who Astarte is. Mm -hmm. I know who Caredwin is. I know who, you know, the various different names that are in there, Melusine, you know, et cetera. So for me, it became what, what's, what's that God's or goddesses um, story. Uh, who are they? Why might they have been included in this charge of the goddess? Right? Right. Why were they important in their time? Why might they be important when, when this was written? Why might they be important now? Is there something I can learn about them? So it, it was never just about learning the um, the words to the charge of the goddess. It was learning um, the whys, who wrote it, when it was written, where it may have come from. And so for me, it became this exploration. And so I would say the charge of the goddess every day, but then for well over a year, I was also sort of researching it. Yeah. And that was beautiful. Um, Yeah. I I, like that was a a daily practice. I absolutely loved. Yeah. So like for, um, I don't know, let's say somebody that's brand new to witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I think about when I look back on, on my uh, witchiness over the years, you know, I think when I started witchcraft, it was like, when can we do a spell? When can we do magic? When can we grind <laughs> herbs? When can we light a fire? Right. It was all about the things yeah. uh, of uh, the the pomp and circumstance of, of magic. And I yeah. think as we age into our magical practices, we sometimes think, oh, I should light a candle and grind some herbs. And then you're like, yeah. Fuck it, I've got a candle left over from Halloween. I'll just light that. That'll be done. Right. You know, right? So we're not as active in, in, in all of that. So I was thinking, you know, it may be a good practice if somebody, especially if they are in that stage of really um, learning the craft, mm-hmm. I think maybe a really good practice would be to, to get a book that's got like um, correspondences in it. Yeah. Um, or for a month, and you can do this for longer, track the phases of the moon. Like every day, make it a point to, you know, whether you use an app on your phone or whether you go outside or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but like today is the 13th. It's the new moon. Right. Right. Or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So where is it? it, I I realize that is the, is the moon waxing? Is it waning? Is it the second bloom? You know, is it a blue moon? Is it, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And just for, for 90 days, track the moon. Mm-hmm. And every day, if you can, depending on where you are in the world, like look at it, right? study it, spend 15 minutes. That can be your daily practice. Okay, the the moon is visible at such and such a clock. I'm going to go outside for 10 minutes and take a look at it. Yeah, my uh, recommendation for my students that are new is cleansing and grounding every day. Cleansing and grounding every day. Day. All right. So pretend I'm a student of yours. Yeah. I have been a student of yours. <laughs> um, you're going to give me that. It, you, so what is cleansing? Give, give me. Well, this is a whole like class where we discuss this, but yes, I will give you the thing. So, um, you know, cleansing can look a lot of different ways. So again, this is a, a part of the 
practice of cleansing is to learn which practice works best for you. So you might want to burn herbs like sage or palo santo or rosemary or any number of cleansing herbs. You might want to burn a resin like dragon's blood or black copal or white copal or or whatever. So you have lots of potential smokes that you could use and you literally, you know, move the smoke around your body to clear out anything in your spirit body, your auric field, that, that little energy bubble that we all have around our physical bodies, physical bubbles, (laughs) Um, smoke, right? That's one way. Water is another way. So taking a shower and doing that with intention. And I feel like you really need like salt or something to be involved in a, in a bathing ritual to cleanse so keeping a little bit of salt in your bathroom and when you go into the shower, giving yourself a quick little scrub. Um, you can also use a rattle or a drum and it works best if you have someone to help you with that process because it's hard to rattle or drum around your own spine, which is where we tend to collect gunk in our spines. So rattling or drumming energetically, it's a very earth way of cleansing to shake up that energy and move it and clear it and get it out of your system. Um, you can also do breathing techniques or toning. Like there's so many different ways to cleanse. So part of the, when you're new, part of the process is trying all those things. What works for you? You can also use sprays, which is a kind of a new, it's not new, but it's become more popular to, you know, use a cleansing spray rather than smoke. And there's lots of reasons for that. Smoke's not always the best and lots of places Um, Like if you live in an apartment, you might not be able to burn sage. You might get in trouble for that. So a a spray is a good alternative. Um, But you got to try them. Try different things and see what was the most effective for you. What worked best? When you come home from work after being stuck in traffic for two hours and you just feel crap and run down and frustrated, that's when you go cleanse. You know, go and burn some herbs go and take a salt bath or do a salt scrub, Um, go and have someone rattle around your body and see when you tried all of those things, which one was the most effective. Then start doing that every day. So would you say, like as a practice, on Monday you do a smoke. Let's just say that's all the options are on the table. So Monday you do a smoke. Tuesday you do a salt bath. Mm -hmm. Wednesday you get somebody to do a rattle around you those day you, you do something some chimes right ring yeah. some chimes and like so for maybe 30 days you do all of those things one every day yeah and then at the end of that maybe journal right well, yes this is where books of shadows come in because a uh, book of shadows is your scientific journal this is me here you're getting all phoenix's opinions now good job um it's your scientific journal right down the day of the week the moon phase, what other astrological shenanigans you want to write down, how you were feeling, what you used. And then you can go back and go, oh, here's my very scientific experiment on cleansing. (laughs) Here's what, this seemed to work really good. I'm going to try that a second time. This didn't seem to work very good. I'm going to try it a second time. And then see, did it still not work very good? Or was it something else that day that was out of balance or didn't work? Don't just do something once. I would say you got to do it at least three times before you can, you know, really be sure that there's this thing they say about kids when your taste buds are developing, you don't actually know what something tastes like unless you've had three bites of it. So I've heard many people with young kids say, okay, 
three bites. And then if you really don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Give it three tries. And if it didn't work, then try something else. So, you know, the, when I teach this, I have an introduction to witchcraft class. And our first week we talk about this topic. So people have a week because I, I give out witch kits because, well, I didn't used to. When we used to be able to do classes in person, we would make these things together. But now I mail out witch kits. Uh, and then people have a week to experiment. And then the next week we come back and discuss. And it's very interesting because the things that work for some people don't work for everyone. you know. So it is, it is an experiment to find what works for you. So let's just say that uh, salt scrub comes out Top of the list. Yeah. Like you get home, like you said, you get home from work, you take off your work duds yeah. and uh, you give yourself a salt cleanse and that's the thing that really helps you. Mm-hmm. So now what you say is, okay, great. Now you've done the experimentation. You've discovered that's the thing. Now do that thing for 30 days. Yeah. Or, or yeah, or every day, every day. Yeah. Right. Um, and then really like delve into that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a really good opening practice. Yeah. Um, what about, um, so you said, uh, you, just by the way, one that worked really well for me. Mm. Cleansing? Um, well, it's more of a grounding, but yeah. it's kind of in the middle. Um, laying on the ground for 10 minutes. Yeah. I, like, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. You can't always do it when the ground is soaking wet, you know, but when, whenever possible. Like, just having my bare feet at a minimum yeah. on the ground. Every day I go outside with no shoes on. Mm. Uh, and sometimes I'm, you know, standing on concrete. Sometimes I'm standing on um, grass or what have you. But I like to get my, my feet onto the ground yeah. every day. And then whenever possible, I like to, like, get prone, you know, mm. like, get down in in the ground. Right. One thing I haven't been able to do yet in our new house, because it's basically winters, like, I I want to get out into the garden and get my hands down into, into the duff and the, mm-hmm. the mulching leaves and smell what this place smells like. Mm-hmm. I don't know the smells of this house yet. Yeah. You know, outside of the cooking smells, you know, but like I want to get outside and get, get my nose in the, in the redwood duff yeah. that's outside and really explore what's down in the ground. Yeah. But, so like for me, that that's probably something I'm going to start doing on the regular again now. Right. And I would say for sure, that's more, in my opinion, that's more of a grounding or yeah, a centering, yeah. right? And yeah. so cleansing and grounding or cleansing and grounding and centering are, are a little bit different. The cleansing is clearing off, and I'm not explaining this to you, Glenn, because obviously, you know, I'm just explaining. Um, it, you know, it's a clearing off of the stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be there, but a grounding or a grounding and centering. And I do think that those two things go hand in hand is more about being fully present yeah. and calling in all the parts and pieces that may be distracted or separated or stuck in old patterns or stuck in a fight you had yesterday or whatever. Grounding and centering gives you a moment to call all of those pieces of you back to yourself and center yourself in your body. And that is um, modern, especially Westerners, but modern people are not good at that. Yeah. And I feel like that is, if you are like, okay, well, daily practice, blah, my life's too busy for that. Grounding and centering, cleansing are things you can add into your day that don't require an hour long guided meditation or, a, and, you know, a, a 20 minutes of reading a rune book, but they are vital to your health and they will help on so many different levels. Yeah. I want to do it as a daily practice, not because I need to ground, although, you know, that never hurts, especially for me. 
but I, I just want to get to know the place. Yeah. Like, so for me, it's, it's an experiment. It's like um, spending an hour with the kids, you know, like it's just, I want mm-hmm. to go out and spend an hour with the, the bugs and the bees and the crawly things and the slidey things and the flying yeah. things and the smelly things and like really get a sense of what this little bit of land is like. Well, that's the thing with daily practice, right? It's not just the thing. Like cleansing isn't just about cleansing. It is, you know, you're cleansing, but it also can help you not get worn down so fast. It also can help you be more forgiving. It can help you be more calm. It can help you Uh, not get ill as often like cleansing there's all these other things so any like me with the runes I learned this alphabet I learned but it's also a divination system and it's related to my ancestry so there was more to it than just trying to learn the runes because of my daily practice you know it was it grew exponentially in my spiritual world yeah any daily practice is going to do that yeah so things like learning correspondences, mm-hmm. spending time with the place you live, doing a meditation, like all of these things are really good as a daily practice. Yeah. All right. So now, halfway through the show, we've talked about a bunch <laughs> of daily practices and what they are and how you can do them and why they might be beneficial. What happens when you start beating yourself up? Right. Because I know you've done that. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a period of that right now, actually. Right. So talk about, okay, I need to do a daily practice. Fuck, I didn't do a daily practice. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Ah, Wow. I don't want to do it anymore. This sucks. Right. So that will happen. Like, just know this if you don't know this already. Yeah. It will absolutely happen. You can do a daily practice for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden it falls off. Right. And you can't do it again. Or or it takes three months before you can do it again. Yeah. Sometimes you need, well, A, sometimes I need a break. Right. Uh, and like I said, two weeks to build a routine. That's a lot. That's doesn't sound like very long, but it is. It's a long time. And I'm in a period right now. My daily practice is completely fallen apart, not really doing anything. And it's been that way for several months. So I've just been trying to give myself space to be in that space. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm not trying to course correct. I'm not forcing a new daily practice. I'm not like, you know, reading pagan blogs about what other people are doing. I'm just letting myself not do anything for a minute. And, you know, globally, there's stuff going on. So I'm also blaming some of it on that, (laughs) you know. Uh, But just in the last couple of weeks, I've started to be like, huh, what what do I want to be doing? What What am I feeling? What's going on? And so it will come back around. We all have peaks and valleys, you know. And one of the tricks that I have, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, there's this app called High Future Self. And on High Future Self, you can set appointments, right, or reminders or whatever. So I get a text or a message pop up on my phone from High Future Self every day at 10 a.m. And it says, time to meditate. Uh, Isn't it worked gangbusters for many many months and then it just stopped working and now when I see that message because I could delete it but I haven't because I was making myself feel bad every morning (laughs) about it so now when I see that I go time to take my vitamins and so taking my vitamins at 10 a.m is my meditation and and I also have like affirmations in there like you I have an affirmation once a week I don't remember what time because I don't want to memorize when I'm going to see it but it says you deserve to be adored so there's like the self work that I'm doing. I've set up these these things to pop up. So there are ways you can use technology to help you. 
right? Like if you know that every day on your lunch break at work at noon, you could go outside and just ground. So set a reminder on your phone, time for grounding, you know, to help you get into the habit of it. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, but it left my brain. So there you have it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting to see whether it came back. It, 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 didn't. it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. I mean, I know for me, um, I was just having this conversation with somebody. This has happened several times to me over my magical lifetime where uh, magic stops working. Yeah. Um, where I just don't have it. I don't feel it. I it, can't connect to it. And, um, you know, there's different reasons for that. Yeah. And there's been over the, the few times that that's happened, there's been different reasons. Well, right? I would say, you know, you said the phrase magic stops working, but I feel like it's probably more like your relationship. To oh, yeah. It. yeah. 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 Magic doesn't stop working. Right. I, I stop working magic. Right. Or I stop connecting to it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but colloquially, it's like everything stops working. Yeah. And I, I have, you know, I have two thoughts with that. Sometimes, and you said this earlier, sometimes you have to do it anyway. Yeah. And just wait for it to come back. And I think, you know, this is this thing about discernment, which is, again, a whole other show uh-huh. we can do about. But so I'll, I'll give you an example. So as many which of you know. Which is the most important tool. Oh, it really is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but for many, many years. Uh, I was a, a practicing Buddhist yeah. and I, it's still a huge part of, of, course. of who I am. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was your first real spiritual practice. So it's, it created your foundation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I spent uh, years every day. I went to a, a little meditation room and I went in there and then I also went to a, a temple. I worked with a, a Rinpoche, right? Yeah. So, but a, a of various different times during the week, I would be in meditation. Uh, sometimes it was 15 minutes. Sometimes it was 45 minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was 90 minutes, depending on what was going on. Um, and there were a series of recitations of, of prayers. There was incense that was lit. Like there was, depending on, again, what I was doing, there was a lot that we had to do in the practice. Yeah. Right? It was wonderful. And um, sometimes, so there was a 45-minute meditation that I would do usually twice a week. And I would sit out in the temple, wrapped up in in blankets because it was often cold. And I would do this meditation. And sometimes it was really hard. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it. And I would say, I don't think I'm getting it. And my Rinpoche would say, stay with it anyway. Right. And, you know, what happened was I would sit there and I would sit there and I would sit there. And then all of a sudden, after a, a little bit, the the I, I would suddenly have this realization that I wasn't fighting it anymore. Yeah. And it was this like fleeting moment. Like I was like, Oh, Hey, it's working. I'm not. And then he'd be like, ah, fuck <laughs> now. now I've thought that right. I've got to start again. Right. But there were these moments when, yeah. when I would have, I would realize, Oh, for the last 15 minutes, I actually haven't thought about, I've been fighting it. Yeah. And I was able just to, to be in that moment. And that was really uh, fascinating. It was really lovely. And part of what he said was, my Rinpoche, what he would say was, keep at it. Don't stop. Do it anyway. Right. Do it when you're bored. Do it when you uh, don't feel great. Just do it. Yeah. Do it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Because there is something on the other side of it. Yeah. And that was absolutely true. Then I've also learned, and this again, this is the discernment thing. There were times where I've been doing other practices where it was like, 
you know, there's a difference between staying with something, persevering through it, um, going through the boredom and banging your head on the wall, yeah. expecting a different result. <laughs> right. right. Like, so if every day uh, you are reading the runes and doing all of that and after three months, you're like, this still makes no sense to me. Right. Maybe and not only that, I don't like it. And I don't like it. Maybe that's not the system yeah. for you to be working with. Yeah. Right. And you pick up tarot and all of a sudden like, this is what I've been waiting for forever. Right. So there is a point where you have to discern, is this working for me or is yeah. it not working for me? Yeah. Um, but that was the thing that for me in my, in my practice, it was, there was the sticking to it, but there have definitely been times in my practice where, and I'm, I'm also in this sort of fallow period yeah. where I don't oh, have a, winter. yeah, where my daily practices is, is my daily practices are happening but I'm not imbuing them with magic. Mm -hmm. So I'm making a cup of tea every day because it's what I need to get myself going in the morning. Now there's a magical or a spiritual element to that, but I'm not paying attention to it. Right. And that's really what it's about paying attention. Yeah. I'm eating breakfast every day, but I'm not necessarily, you know, doing that. Oh, where did this egg come from? Where did this, which is a really easy way to incorporate daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and as somebody that cooks food and say a prayer before you eat, like if anyone can squeeze that into their day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for many, many years, that's exactly what I've done. But what I've noticed is that right now, all of my magical practices, most all of my magical practices working for me. Yeah. So, I've I've sort of recently come to the realization of why. Now I'm going to sit with it and figure out what to do next. Yeah. But the the what I've recognized is so Phoenix and I moved about four months ago, three or four months ago. Three. Yeah, and I love our new house. It's exciting. It's big. It's bright. Like it's 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 all the things that we wanted when we moved into a house just about mm-hmm. um, minus that hot tub, but um, <laughs> it's, it's basically what swimming what, pool, swimming pool. Right? <laughs> but generally speaking, it's, it's what we wanted. And it's a lovely upgrade from the place that we were in. Yeah. But what I, what I realize is um, while I'm comfortable here and while this feels like my home, I haven't done outside of ki- outside of kitchen witchery. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of magic here. The old house you know, the walls were dripping with magic. Right. We'd had a lot of gatherings. Yeah. Gatherings, yeah. coven gatherings, yeah. classes that we taught, full yeah. moon gatherings, parties, you right. know, you name it. And we haven't had that here. So when we would have if it wasn't for stupid COVID. Well, yeah. Yeah. My point being is that what I've noticed is in the three months that we've been here, my daily practices have fallen off. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm um, I'm excited to be in the house, but I haven't yet, I haven't yet decided if me and the house um, want to do magic together. Mm-hmm. I think we're coming around to it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you and I were talking about this, like it, it feels, I think there's been so much going on in the world between COVID and mm-hmm. some of the things going on in the government, right. and, you know, an extended election period and, you know, all these other things that are so distracting that I don't know that I have felt the quietness and stillness of this house. Yeah. And that for me is where magic begins. Mm-hmm. I hear those little voices, you know, the interior voices, the, the voice of the little, you know, flower that's blooming or poking through the earth, you know, and I go, Oh, look at that thing. And I look at it every day. Yeah. So, you know, what I know, what I know is I need to start practicing magic within this house and with this house. 
and to start to put that that you know magical funk on the walls mm-hmm. and in the carpets and in the floors because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. And so I don't quite know what that looks like yet, other than this urge to like get yeah, down in, in not, the soil. The daily practice hasn't quite revealed itself. Yeah, but it feels like it will. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I want to name something because we are just about at our time, but I wanted to name something that's come up a few times here. And, you know, with your Rinpoche specifically, but if you do find yourself in a funk or bored or uncertain, then go to your mentors or your peers or your coven mates or your high priestess or whatever and have that conversation and get some some feedback, right? Is this something you should push on with? Is it time to change things up? If you can't see the, you know, the forest for the trees, if you can't see clearly, then go to someone who can help you to, to activate that discernment. And, and if you don't have human, like real people in your life that you can go to, then find online community and have that conversation. Cause there, it does help sometimes to have an outside opinion say, no, push through. Right. Or, Maybe try something different tomorrow. Yeah, you know, if you can't quite make the call. Yeah, yeah. My 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 Rinpoche was a, a an engineer mm-hmm. in his uh, in another lifetime of his. You know, I mean, like in this lifetime, but yeah, um, before being a Rinpoche. before being a Rinpoche, yeah. So he was an engineer. So he's very science minded, and he loves science fiction. So sometimes I would go to him and I'd be like, Rinpoche, I'm just not getting it. I got it's not working for me. And he would go. Relax, young Padawan. <laughs> Except for he would say that in his accent. You right. know, but he would go, relax, young Padawan. Go back. Be patient. Yeah. Go sit. I don't want to sit. I know you don't want to sit. <laughs> you know what you should do? What? Go sit. sit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was, he was brilliant. He is brilliant. Well, and on that note, we're at our time. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good chat. Good chat. Go, uh, go do some practice. Yeah, no, seriously. Though, the last <laughs> little bit. Do, do practice. Yeah. Um, find a practice. Experiment. Write it down. Ask a friend. Yeah. Um, read something in a book. Go out and do a practice every day and see what it's like. Yeah. Um, it. And then report back to us. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Yeah. There is a test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening.